Hello, and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles fearless records Punk Goes Ellipses series to answer the age-old question, how yeah or yeah nah? This week we are looking into the Japanese covers, the uh, the much... I was going to say much maligned. I don't know why they're much maligned. <laughs> Japanese this covers. Is, this is why we tend to stick to a script. Cause we have no script. What are you talking no, about? Well, at least the opening bit, because then you can just be like, I am with Richard S. He, for example. Hello, which I'm is, here. Yes, which is correct as of yes. this week. And then that's when we can start to spiral out. Yes. But if we just give you enough rope to talk with, then... Then I will hang myself with that rope. <laughs> Said it, You'll I do didn't. your best. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yes, as I said, uh, this week we are delving into the Japanese special edition. We're looking at Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine as covered by Before My Life Fails for Punk Goes 90s Volume 2 Japanese Special Edition. That's a mouthful. Yeah. You, you did it, though. We did it. But before we uh, get started, Richard, how are you? I'm pretty good. Good. Um, you work on things. Put that coffee cup down with emphasis. Slam my mocha down. An oat milk mocha it was. Oof. was very good. I've woken up slightly. Uh, yeah, turn that shit up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so should we do this with the lights out? The lights are out. Yeah, because it's daytime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that spooky. We don't do this in the dark. We should uh, do like a lights out episode. That'd be sick. I'd love to. Yeah. I don't know why it would be interesting, but it just would. I would love to do that. I'd love to do it where we can't see each other and we're just like... We're just like <laughs> back how we, to back. When we, when we did a few Zencaster episodes with Richard yeah. last yeah. year, we, yeah. we couldn't see each other and we're just talking over each other because like we don't have that social cue of, oh, this person's speaking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though we know each other like well enough to try and anticipate it's like yeah. the lack of visual and the slight delay in audio. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gorilla audio. Yes. Um, man, I was going to... Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like... <laughs> I feel like it would just put me in the same headspace as, like, when you're a kid and you sleep over at someone's place. Mm. And, like, lights out as soon as you hit, like, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes of just shit talking. Then you start yep. to, like... Spill like your deepest secrets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like by the end of it, we'd yeah. all be like, "Oh, can we talk to this person anymore?" But um, yeah. did you ever have that friend that would that could sleep in till like midday? <laughs> Although you probably were that friend. No, I used to. I, I don't think to... kids did. No. Oh no, I had a couple really? of friends. I'd stay over at a couple of friends. Oh no. And like, mostly like one of my friends, he had a PS2 in his room, so that was fine. And it was like. Full carp lodge. If you wake up before me, just turn on and play. Like, that's fine. <laughs> oh. But, like, we stayed over at his dad's place one time, and there was nothing in the room. And oh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, like, go out and hang out with his dad. So, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> waiting. No. I think, I don't know, when I was a kid, I had too much zest for life. Like, mm. I, going to sleep the night before, I was like, man, I cannot wait to be up in the morning so I can hang out with my friends some more. Mm. Yeah. So, I was always, like, up. Pretty early, I think. Yeah. Watching like video hits or rage or something. Yeah. yeah. Or TV. Yeah. Mm. God. Yeah. I I still maintain that our friend group needs to have a sleepover because I really miss oh, yeah. that energy of just like, oh, everyone else is still asleep or yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Put someone's hand in some warm water. <laughs> <laughs> Record this podcast in like a pillow fort or something. Oh yeah. my god, we should. I never did that with my friends, but like my no. bro- my brother and his friends were 
consummate like whoever fell asleep first or whoever passed out <laughs> first from alcohol was uh, getting drawn on mm. so like my brother would come home sometimes with like and he'd like wow he'd just like take his shirt off to go into the shower and there'd be a big old dick on his back <laughs> like just a, a full back piece of just a big old penis was the crafts like the um i want to say craftsmanship what's the word like, was it well executed? No. Aww, well, it was just like the two, cert- like the rocket shape. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's a classic, to be fair. Yeah. But shall we talk about Rage Against the Machine? Sure. Yes. to take some Rage Against the Machine. Place. I could do it. I think you should. It's been Please a while. Yes. Yeah. About Rage Against the Machine. Born, uh, not born. Formed... I was born in 1991, but not in Los Angeles. Yeah, same age. Yeah. Formed in 1991 from Los Angeles. They consist of Zach De La Roca on vocals. Should we, you know, like look up the pronunciation of that? Did I, we... I did uh, watch it, not an interview with him, but I watched a video about them and they pronounced it De La Rocha. Oh, all right. Well, I stand corrected. But like that's this was this was the video that I've got here about um that we'll talk about later on about conservatives realizing that uh, Rage is a politically leaning band and also a politically left leaning band. Mm. Mm. They, they pronounce it De La Rocha. De La Rocha. Okay. I feel like De I used Rocha. to say De La Roca or De La Rocha. I always said De La Rocha. So, yeah. Sorry, mm. Zach. So yes, Zach De La Rocha on vocals. <laughs> Tom Morello on guitars, Tim Comerford sh- on bass. Are we sure it's not Tom Moreo? <laughs> See, I always thought it was Moreo. <laughs> no, I, th- I thought it was Tom mm, Morello. <laughs> could be. Se- Sarah Bure? Yeah. Yeah, look. Actually, she does say Barellas, but I guess it could be more anglicised yeah. than, you know, en français. Um, Sorry, I, 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 that was more a joke, but now it's like one of those things is like, oh, wait. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. look, Shit. I'm just going to bring up, like, yeah. an interview, Fuck and me, we right. can... <clears throat> we can get some sort of yeah. thing. Uh, well, while you're while you're looking into that, oh, interview with Noam Chomsky. Yeah, I was watching that. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't think he says hi. I'm Zach De La Rocca or De La Rocha, though. I was watching that. What about Kerrang? They'll go hi. I'm here with Zach and Tom. Yeah. Damn it. Um, the Kerrang one. No, but that's they won't say De La. They'll just say Zach and Tom from Rage Against the Machine. I'm sure. Hang on. Oh! oh, well, this is good. For those of you not in Australia, there's an ad about birth control. No, it's about getting pregnant, I think. I oh. Know. Naughty. Uh. 
I will not be editing this out because I can't be bothered. Honestly, I wouldn't bother. It gives me a great pleasure to introduce you to Zach and Tom of Rage Against oh, Fucking told you. Fucking harangue. He was also like, I'm sure I don't know how to pronounce their name, so I'm just going to oh, okay. wing it. That's all right. Look, we will do some research and we'll confirm it. I'll record a little No, I trust you end. if you say you heard it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that I, I again, like it wasn't someone sitting there with Zach going, hey, I'm here with Zach Dolorocha. Or Zach saying it himself, but like definitely in the video they pronounce it Rocha. Mm. So right. Papa Rocha. And drummer Brad Wilk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After the breakup of Tom Morello's previous band, Lock Up, uh, drummer John Knox encouraged Zach De La Rocha and Tim Comerford to jam with Morello. Tom Morello contacted Brad Wilk, who had failed an audition for Lock Up and the band that would become Pearl Jam, which I assume is Mother Love Bone. Uh, Huh. Yeah. Uh, De La Rocha came up with the name Rage Against the Machine, which was the name of one of the songs from his hardcore punk band, Inside Out. That was also Lock Up, not the Shane Embry. Um, yeah. his name from At The Gates, the lead singer of At The Gates. Is... Thomas Lindbergh? Yeah, that was their side project. Ah. And also huh. not LAPD, which I think is Korn's previous incarnation. Okay. Or is it Rages? I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> they they all kind of travel in the same circles. Mm. Like I remember um, mm. writing a piece once about uh, disturbs the sound of silence. That infamous piece. Yeah. That uh, got just yes, like yes, daily yes. comments for three years. But um, <laughs> really, yeah. Please forward all grievances to Punk Goes Pod on Twitter, and we'll sift through them. Pe- pe- uh, do people have a lot of issues with your? Oh they're, yeah. They're like, oh, it's such a good cover. How dare you? Oh, I hated that cover. Oh, I hated it as well. Yeah, it's yeah. crap. Yeah. We, yeah come at us yeah yeah that was um that was a real saga literally like daily comments on that for however long jesus yeah. it it got to like the th- number four like google result if you looked up the song which is really <laughs> funny so thank Dis- you to junkie for the seo at the yes. time. disturbed stands like, yeah. yeah not even stands just like People who, you know, hadn't listened to a new song since, like, 1975. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, like, middle-aged dudes. Well, I remember my friend Ryan trying to sell it to me, Mm. and he's like, it's a disturbed song, but they're not going, oh, Maybe they should. Not doing the, oh, oh. Because he he does that so often, just like he puts in a sound effect, just like, ah, ah, ah. Like, Mm. all right. Make it make sense. But in context, I was talking about how, um... New, yeah, that piece was partly about how new metal became dad rock, yeah, right? Yeah, disturbed and kind of, uh, yeah, them like I don't want to say mellowing out because that's not necessarily a bad thing, but yeah. you know, becoming more mainstream. Uh, True. And so I was saying at the time how the whole like California scene was very like um, connected. Yeah, you have like Corn and members of Rage Against the Machine kind of. All knew each other. Tool, yeah, um, yeah. Face No More, I think. Even, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were from Cali. Yeah, it was like a time before alternative metal and funk metal were yes. codified into genres, and yeah. before they became new metal. So it's like kind of all from the same origin point, you know? Right. Once you hit like Limp Bizkit, which is a half a generation after, like that's where yeah. new metal becomes a distinct thing. And yes. they were from uh, they were from Florida. That's true. <laughs> Limp Bizkit. Yes. Classic I, Florida band. I just feel like like Wes Borland is like the only talented member of that band. Mm, do we do a Limp Bizkit song ever? Probably not. Yeah, Nookie. Nookie's, oh, um, right. Nookie's one of the Japanese ones. Alright, we'll resume this conversation at a later date. <laughs> Alright. Um, 
But Rage Against the Machine are known for their leftist, anti-authoritarian, and revolutionary political views, which is something that uh, those are some words that we probably would not have understood very well as children. No. No. But now we do. So last year, and you know, for for some years before that, Mm. uh, conservatives were realizing that Rage Against the Machine are, in fact, a political band. Because who was it? Um, there was like an American politician, the guy who looks exactly like uh, Will Schuster from Glee. Oh, you know the one who was like a big Rage fan. Shit, hang on. Uh, I think he played like guitar as well or something. That's hilarious. But yeah, but, it's just become it's just been an ongoing thing. How do you not know that they're a political band? I had, well, I was thinking this through, right? And this is me jumping ahead. But the thing that's both great and kind of, uh, not questionable, but kind of like raised an eyebrow, I guess, about Rage is that they espouse, you know, generally like quite revolutionary politics in a very catchy way. Yeah. yeah. But as a result of that and having like catchy hooks and slogans that would fall under like agitprop, I think is the mm. technical term for it, right? It's not propaganda. It's just like slogans and stuff. Yeah. Um, like Rise Up or whatever. As a result of condensing that into um, a catchy form, it becomes much easier for it to be misinterpreted yeah. and also to be used for, like, whatever purposes people see fit. Yeah. As in, True. like, if people are thinking, oh, this song speaks to me, it's about, like, individual empowerment. It yeah. makes me feel good and want to do laps or whatever. True. You know? Yeah. I, I'm yeah. shocked that, like, no one has come around and, like, like made a rage sort of cover band for conservatives. Yeah. So that, yeah. They, can, so yeah. that they can just be like, all right, here you go. Yeah. I saw a conservative branded rapper the other day <laughs> oh, no. who is African-American. Yep. So Ooh. that would be not a first, but you know, yeah. I mean, to explicitly label yourself as conservative. That, thing, yeah. Yeah. As opposed to being just like kind of reactionary or whatever. But yeah. True. I saw a meme yesterday and it was like one of the most, con- I think it was just, titled one of the most confusing images and it was an african-american man wearing a hoodie that had the pride flag on it but also the confederate like stars (laughs) and he was wearing a trump 2024 hat okay okay candace owens yeah uh that's the world she wants to live in probably god yeah who knows well not with the not with the pride stuff but yeah. yeah who knows what sort of world she wants to live in I was... Alright, what was I thinking through while I was driving here? I was thinking <laughs> that, like... Uh, that, I mean, part, part of the appeal of music and art is that it's just fun and enjoyable, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, in theory, like, uh, there are always going to be elements of art that you listen to and you have a bit of, like, cognitive dissonance with. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, um, uh, you know, it's hard to say that we're not going to listen to, like, every single band with a problematic member or whatever mm, anymore, yeah. you know? I mean, there are some cases where it's easy to ignore, but mm-hmm. there's, you know, a lot of very famous examples that you just can't avoid. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, do what you want. But, like, the conservative version of that, to me, would be, like, listening to Rage Against the Machine mm-hmm. and instead of, like, actually engaging with what they're saying, just being like, nah, it's not there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> Which, like, it, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they could just sort of, because it's not even mental gymnastics, yep. they're just dismissing it completely. Yeah. Like, it's the exact same thing that when we went to get our coffees before, mm. Richard, I was saying, like, it just, it does my head in how 
conservatives are just as firmly rooted in their beliefs as I am in mine. Mm. Like, we're both... And, like, we do not see eye to eye and there's no sort of way to empathise on either end because we're just like, no, but I'm correct. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, if you're listening to this and just being like, oh, no, nah, like, if it were, like, lefty, woke stuff, mm. why would I listen to it? Like, you can just sort of blot it out of your mind and just be like, oh, yeah, but it slaps, whatever. Don't care. Totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. <sighs> the thing with rage is, though, like... They're more that they are more left leaning, but they're not Democrats. They're more yeah, they're, they're more past, anarchist yeah. side yeah. of things. Yeah. Like they, totally. I think they they played a show. Oh, I've got, I thought I had it written down here. They played a show where like they were like it was almost like a protest show for like Al Gore or someone. Like oh yeah, yeah. So like they still they it's just basically like politicians in general. Yeah, it's totally. just it's yeah they they don't have like. A political affiliation. Yeah. I mean, well, on one hand, they actually uh, shout out... Well, not shout out, but, like, they mentioned Gore in the song. Yes. Gore mm-hmm. Radio. But also, um, I heard recently that, like, Tom Morello has a friendship with Ted Nugent. Oh, really? Oh, which is wow. random. Oh, okay. Let me pull it up. That's, uh... Shit. Uh, that's one of those ones where it's, like... Yeah, we can disagree on certain things, but it's, like, Ted Nugent is a... Uh, yeah. He's a... He's an arsehole. Yeah, alright, so let me Cliff's notes this quickly. So, Murillo talked about it on Howard Stern. Howard Stern being another strange mm. figure. Yeah. Um, How long ago would this have been, though? Recent. Oh, recent. Very okay. recent, yeah. Um, Tom said, You might be surprised that Ted Nugent and I are good friends. Um, for a 60th birthday, someone reached out to me and said, We're making video and we're asking guitar players to record well wishes. At the time, the Ted Nugent that was sort of known in the world in general was this kind of more right-wing caricature. People were not thinking of him first and foremost as the guy who shredded on Stranglehold, blah, blah. But then I had to think, what is a video that I'm going to make for Ted's birthday? So he said, one, I'm going to make this video about things that the two of us have in common. And I went down this long list of things like free speech advocates, our love of rock and roll, our respect for black artists who created rock. And then the second was things that Ted Nugent taught an adolescent Tom Morello about sex. And then I went through Cat Scratch Fever, these strange words like the lyrics to the song, the lyrics to the song Wang Dang Sweet Poontang, which were (laughs) utterly foreign to me and that I had to ask about on the playground. While we certainly have differences, I consider him a friend. So that's... um, He's also just... I'm pretty sure um, Ted Nugent also liked adolescents. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's had like a couple yeah. of pretty young girlfriends. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Um, so that was interesting, but I yeah. feel like it read more like an onion article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good for him. It's good interesting because like their politics are so. Like one thing I yeah. appreciate is that they sort of they do away with identity politics because they're just like mm. they go beyond the pale in terms of like. Mm their views are very radical and, like, they don't care if people are like, oh, that's a bit extreme. They're like, well, mm. it has to be fuck you kind of thing. But then to just sort of be like, oh, but yeah, like... I just... Because oh. I think Ted's... One of Ted's biggest things is you're not going to take my gun away from me. Mm, yeah. That's well. pretty fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. I but, don't know. Yeah, I wonder, what, I, wonder what, I wonder what his thoughts were when Tom Morello... Was it, a, was it on his guitar? Or did they have a huge flag that said Nazi lives don't matter? That's yeah, right. last yeah. year, right? Or yeah, the year yeah, before yeah. at a show. Yeah. So like, 
I wonder if he was one of those people that's like, oh, there's just so, like they're saying like because some people were like some people had problem with that like yeah. saying Nazi lives don't matter like oh like fucking all lives should matter like and didn't Tom Skatar have that famous slogan like this weapon kills this fascists, kills fascists. Or yeah. Something? yeah 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 so I can't remember if that's like a Woody Guthrie thing or. It might it might be older than time. I'm not mm. sure. It's just like yeah. they're on sort of extreme sides of both. Yeah, both sides. Yeah, we yeah. got three. Yeah, yeah. But maybe you know they have class solidarity as famous musicians. So uh, I guess. I mean, that's that's a good point. Like my overarching yeah. theory is, as soon as you have a certain amount of money, then yeah. you get brain worms and you're never the same again. <laughs> Tom Morello is also nearly sixty, so he's what uh, a boomer. He's almost. No. A he, he's definitely Gen X. Gen X. Gen yeah. X. Yeah. Okay. He, he's like. Yeah. He was a Same bit older when they got famous, right? Mm. Yeah, because Zach is like Zach is like fifty, fifty-one. Yeah. So he's right. like five years older. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. he was a D and D player as well. He was also he was also a stripper at one point. Zach was. Uh, Tom was. Tom was. Oh, I know that story. Yeah. yeah. Tom Tom Morello graduated from Harvard University with a bachelor's degree in social studies. He would move to Los Angeles, where he would support himself by stripping. Good for him. Honestly, good work if you can get it. Right? Yeah. I just didn't think that he was, like, desirable enough to be a stripper. No, he's got a good body. I can see it. Yeah. I don't know. That yeah. feels wildly inappropriate to say. I've but... never seen him with hair. <laughs> Not that I'm you trying, need it. Because I've seen, like, one of his high school pictures, and I think oh, yeah. even then he had, like, pretty close cropped hair. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like, are you naturally bald or or what? Which, it goes in your favour, like, Patrick Stewart's been bald for 30, 40 years, and it's like, he's mm. he's always looked 60, but now that he's, like, 70, he looks younger. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Exactly. Our final fact here is that the Wikipedia article about Rage Against the Machine seems to not be able to nail what genre of music they fit into. I, I just found it fu- yeah, fascinating. They were just like, some people have said funk metal, some people have said yeah. rap rock, some yeah. people have said new metal, some people have said alternative and it was just like it couldn't seem to just be like, all right, there it is. It can be all of the above, except new metal. Mm. I mean, they're defining no, influence. But yeah. like, for a long time, Wikipedia had them listed as rapcore as a genre, <laughs> and then everyone's like, "That's not a real genre." And then Wikipedia just insists on having it, even though <laughs> there's like literally zero citations for it. Um, if even if it applied, it would very specifically be like. We are a hardcore punk band with rap vocals, yeah, which they're not. No, they'd have to be rapcore. Like, it's like really two bands ever, though. Yeah, but I'm thinking even like bands like Amua, who are like yeah. hardcore, like metalcore sort of. That's but like, true. they had very much like they adopted rap. Yeah, ideology. yeah, sure. Mm. Yeah, post new metal. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was like yeah, but we finally won that war, which is good. It's like <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like the genre shoegaze. Mm. Uh, Wikipedia insisted on calling it shoegazing for like oh the God. past 15 years. No. Because the first time it was referenced, it was called shoegazing. It's the, as in like, oh, they make shoegazing music. Yeah. Mm. And then, yeah, everyone called it shoegaze except Wikipedia for like the next 30 oh years. Oh my gosh. And then, yeah, they finally gave in. <laughs> so all they need to do now is restore... Um, lists of signature moves and finishes for wrestlers and then I'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very... Fight the power. <laughs> That's very funny. So yeah, if you Google rap core, it defaults to rap rock and then Correct. And then Thank you Google. But Wikipedia is still tr- the rap rap rock's most popular subgenres include 
Rap metal and rap core. Incorrect. <laughs> rap core, not to be confused with hardcore hip hop or punk rap. Well, to be confused because again, it's not a real genre. <laughs> punk rap is a real genre. Uh, kind of like, uh, I think I played you some Bob Villain. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Who's like a British. Which uh, is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> D.D. Ramone contributed to Rapcore with his 1987 single core. Funky Man under the name D.D. King. <laughs> they're they're going to die on this hill. Like, they've done it to appease everyone, but no, they still have... I will fight them. Please I know, do. I know that I can't write articles, like, specifically to be cited on Wikipedia. Like, I don't think you're allowed to do that. Right. But I sure would like to. So is Go the idea it. that you have to cite everything from something else for it to stay on Wikipedia? Yeah, like you yeah. can't use yourself as a source. And I'm pretty sure like you can't... Like if a public figure issues a statement, like correcting Wikipedia, I actually don't think you can use that. As a <laughs> because like, well, it's too self-referential. That's really the, funny. You know, first-hand evidence is not a source. <laughs> actually, no, that's a good point. I do remember that at uni, them being yeah. like, it has to be a secondary source, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Well, if you right. write the article, then I'll put it in Wikipedia uh, or vice versa. It happens. Yeah, yeah. That's or what we, we can do cite on this yeah. podcast episode. Rapcore is not real. Please Correct. someone add it to Wikipedia for us. At Wikipedia. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm assuming Wikipedia has a Twitter handle. Uh, fuck yeah. it. Let's see if they have a Wiki, um, Wikipedia handle or a Twitter handle. A Twitter handle. Does Probably. Wikipedia have a Wikipedia page? I wonder. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. That's wonderful. They have quite a lot of self-referential pages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, while you're looking into that, I'm gonna I'm gonna detail a little bit about the song. So, Gorilla Radio was the second single from their 1999 album, The Battle of Los Angeles. Did what you? Was, what was the first? The first single. Yeah. Was a, nah, I don't was know. Testify. Could have been Testify. Yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, I didn't check. Or well, did they have something on like the Godzilla soundtrack or something? The only song I remember from the Godzilla soundtrack was the P. Diddy, P. Diddy yeah. Jimmy Page song. Um, so, I don't know. I'm going to find out just quickly. So, it became Oops. the band's only Billboard Hot 100 song, reaching number 69. Nice. nice. So, the band performed the song on The Late Show with David Letterman. Della Rocha gave the... F- Gave the camera the finger, which caused much controversy. I'm going to say this. I reckon he would be insufferable to be around. Who's Zach? Yeah, because I, re- I don't reckon there would be anything other than politics that he would discuss. Actually, I don't know. I reckon he knows how to have fun. Just he seems intense. Tom I Tom played D&D in college. and That's, Yeah. And, I mean, he he seems to have wacky friends. I reckon Tom... And he's stripped. Tom's the one that's, yeah. Tom's the one that's probably more fun than Zach. Zach's I probably, that, like... Yeah. He would get you in the corner and be like, yeah, we've got to talk about, like, Che Guevara. He probably just reads a lot. Yeah. 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 Well, he doesn't go out. He just reads. Um, so, also, yeah, No Shelter was technically the first single and also was on the Godzilla soundtrack. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So for his satirical television show, The Awful Truth, Michael Moore convinced Republican politician... Alan Keyes to dance in a truck with teenagers while Gorilla Radio played. Oh, why? Because <laughs> he wouldn't, because Alan Keyes wouldn't know. And so he's dancing to right. a song that's talking about like revolution. Gotcha. And, okay. Yeah. So was Alan Keyes rotating like horizontally? Uh, maybe. Like an Alan Key? Like an Alan uh... Key. <laughs> 
Sorry, did you find something? No, I followed Wikipedia on Twitter, so I'm going to ask them about rapcore at some point. Um, <laughs> Not a real genre. No, but um, yeah, that's that's all. Thank you. Yeah. So what do we think about this song? I also wonder if the success of it was because of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. That's where I first heard it. Mm, me too. And I loved it. Yeah. 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 Tony right. Hawk is yeah. a real one, to be honest. Yeah. Right. Or rather, I heard it on the demo where I could only play Marseille over and over again. <laughs> yeah, which can't complain. And probably only had the one or two songs. It had Bring the Noise as well. Yep. Sick. I'm not sure what else, but a few, yeah. 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 There you go. Nice. So that, yeah, that was my uh, that was my exposure to it as well, and my uh, I, I just when he says turn that shit up and the the way they censor it, I mm. thought he was saying turning Hitler and I was like what, what? <laughs> and then someone corrected me and was like no they're saying turn that shit up because <laughs> oh. it's guerrilla radio <laughs> do you remember like getting into the band for the first time uh, I remember my first exposure to them was uh, my brother had their self-titled album and mm. the album cover shocking me like, yes frightening me yeah is that the uh, that's dude? the monk yeah on fire yes um, yeah, apparently he was silent during mm. that as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was my first exposure to them. And, like, he listened to that We Shared a Room. So, yeah. Like, listening to that, Slayer, Metallica. I'm guessing you're about 14. Sepultura. He would have been... He would have been about... He was, like, 12 or 13. Okay, so, so you, you were younger. Been like... Yeah, yeah, we're about six years apart. Yeah, right. So, nice. yeah, six or seven years apart, I think. Mm. Um... Yes, he would have been about 13, 14. Yeah. And he was getting into he was getting into that sort of stuff, but mostly metal, like Pantera yeah. was his favourite band. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was about 14, 15, yeah, and also started with self-titled. Mm. Yeah. Emma? I am, don't have any background with them beyond this and... Hmm. Gonna do what they told you. I yeah. forget what it's called. Killing in the name. That's the one. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I do uh-huh. like it, though. Um... Now that I'm old enough to appreciate the politics behind these types of artists, mm. um, I think if you'd asked me as a teenager, I would have been like, oh, they're too political. Um, whereas now I am a normal person and actually engage in things that are important. So yeah. My same friend who had the PS2 in his room when I would sleep over, he, that Rage was his favourite band. So nice. oh, we, listened, we listened to a lot of it together Nice when we, when we were teenagers, so... Yeah. They're definitely like a defining band for so many people that yeah. age, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Doesn't matter if you uh, believe in immigration or not, you still like Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> apparently. True. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel like they're funny. one of those bands, like, anyone from, like, my brother's age to my nephew's age mm. likes mm. Blink 182 or has had a Blink 182. Yeah. Yeah. Phase. If you're older, then just no. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 And I feel like Rage Against the Machine is one of those ones that so many people have had. Even just a small, like, glancing phase of Rage Against the Machine, but except for you. Except for me, yes. Uh, but, which um, might be fated to happen. Who knows? Yeah. Look. Who knows? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I could see you getting a Che Guevara shirt and. <laughs> Raising your fist up in the air. And... 
it is it is a hell of a song though, right? Yeah. Like one of the catchiest. Yeah. I was listening to uh, Battle of Los Angeles again on the way here, and it's like, I don't. I think I prefer the self-titled, right? Yeah. But um, the battle has like definitely better production, like mm-hmm. more creative production, like guitar tones are a bit more interesting and like the song structure is a bit shorter so kind of, kind of like every song is just like a pop structure on it for better or worse mm. well they did they only did the self-titled album within a year of forming yeah yeah so they did a full album within... they, they had a demo of it though there were demo versions yeah around, yeah so. but like they they did it which isn't unheard of i guess yeah, but yeah. like um because i think like cannibal corpse got signed yeah, to Metal Blade within about eight months, and like they had an album out, but like, yeah, um, yeah, like it was they got that out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, do you find that you like them more now or then? That's the question. No, I don't think I do. Actually, I think it's not not too busy. But like, I was thinking about Tom Morello as a guitarist, mm. and I think he's fine as a guitarist i think he's known more for the gimmick Mm. like the gimmick stuff that he does yeah which was the stuff that always impressed me as a teenager but now it's like no i think i just want better song structure so what's the gimmick stuff sorry so like one of the things i remember the live dvd one of the things that he did was and i I don't know how he did it i don't know how it didn't just cause horrible distortion but like he pulled the chord out of the guitar and was able to use that to like do cool guitar tones. Oh. Yeah, you can definitely do it. It's just an electrical signal. So. Yeah. Yeah, and so like he would do... He does cool stuff like that. It's like he does like really kind of weird, interesting things like that. And I feel like the rest of the band... Like, like he's in there. Like, I'm not saying he's a crap guitarist, because he's mm. not. Um, but it's just I feel like he's known more for... Like, he's, he's more of a gimmicky guitarist right. than... He's known more for stage presence kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And and especially, like, when it's... I mean, I don't think I've ever heard the drummer and the bassist ever talk. So it's it's those two, Tom Morello and and Zach De La Rocha, are the two people that, like, they're the face of Rage. Even though, like, they've never had any member changes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, um... It's definitely that opening riff though it's definitely an iconic riff yeah I mean every riff in the song is great yeah yeah, yeah. but like it's immediately like it immediately pulls me back into 2000 playing Tony Hawk 2 totally <laughs> yeah I think yeah I think my appreciation has shifted a bit as well because back in the day what drew me in was the musicality yeah. which is still great you know but mm. that feels yeah more of its time. Like, I guess, unless you only listen to hard rock, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the depth in Zach's lyrics has kind of emerged a bit more. Yeah. Because, yeah, even in this song, he's saying some, like, pretty dense stuff yeah. in a catchy way. Yeah. I would say. Like, whatever the slogan of the chorus is, he always has something to back it up. Yeah. Yeah, you know? true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I do love Tom's guitar playing, like, as you said, like, the kind of effect and stuff are kind of inspired by, like, hip-hop turntablism yes. and things like that. Pretty much all his riffs are good. Yeah. But it, I guess it's a bit limited because, like, he is just a riff kind of guitarist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like, 
that became more obvious in Audio Slave, where that's right. They're playing with Chris Cornell singing, so writing probably more traditional songs, and mm. like a couple of them are awesome, but they just never had like the subtlety as a band to pull off a lot of the ballads and things. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, my theory about Zach being pretty insufferable is, I guess, tested by the fact that the other three guys keep forming other side bands without him. Because mm. I'm pretty sure the other two are in Prophets of Rage. Yeah, two, with... two of them are, yeah. Okay. So, so it's Tom Morello and... Isn't it the other two? Isn't it the bassist and the drummer are also in Prophets of Rage? Sure, let me... With, uh, with Chuck D. Yeah. And Chuck D from Public Enemy. And uh, it's one of the... It's one of the rappers from Cypress Hill, I think. Yeah. Three... Yeah, three members of Rage, yeah. uh, two of Public Enemy and... Be real of Cypress Hill. Yes. Because they... Rage did a really good cover of uh, If I Could Just Kill a Man by Cypress yeah. Hill as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they... Um, yeah, the same the same live show that Tom Morello did the weird thing with the cable. They... Um, Cypress yeah. Hill came out and performed that with them. Oh, oh sweet. That was cool. Because I was going to say, yeah, that like hard rock grounding is what draws people in. Mm. Yeah. But it also um, is a bit like... They're not as nimble a band as, say, Public Enemy at their yeah. peak. Public Enemy being, like, one of their biggest influences, obviously. Yeah. But if you listen to a song like Fight the Power, for example, like, amazing soundscape, sound design. It still bangs. Yeah. But to me, it has maybe, like, more replay value mm. than Rage. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, as an adult, I listen to Public Enemy more than I do Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't tell you that. I have... I think I have all of their CDs. I can't tell you the last time I actually put one in the mm. car and listened to it on my way somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I think I get what you were saying about his guitar work being... It's it's kind of almost like he's like a, a DJ yeah. on a guitar. 100%, yeah. Yeah. My, my hot take is I think... Wes Borland of Limp Bizkit is actually a more creative guitarist than Tom. Yeah. Obviously, like, the influence is only runs in one direction. Mm. Right. Right. Like, Rage being a huge influence on yeah. Limp Bizkit as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wes Borland, like, you listen to those Limp Bizkit albums, just the rhythm section, and, like, there's actually more going on, which is weird. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how Tom hasn't stuck an eye out with all the guitar strings <laughs> sticking out the top of his guitar, though. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, it's just, that's messy. Yeah. I know Kerry King used to do that as well with his guitar in his in the 2000s phase. Yeah, because yeah. I've pricked myself on uncut strings. And okay. Never again. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I've done it as well. It sucks. I couldn't imagine putting an eye in that. Mm. Mm. Coming back around quickly. I mean, I've told you this before, Sam, but like, I, I like that Rage uh, still very potent as like a symbol. Yeah. yeah. But it kind of annoys me that they've had several reunions... Um, like their reunion phase being longer than pretty much longer than their initial run. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. And that they haven't really done anything new because it's like, yeah, it's, it's great to be a symbol and all that, but to me, they don't feel like a living thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially if you're just going to like take the money of those endless reunion tours yep. and not like kind of reinterpret yourself. Yeah. That way. Like, yeah. um, system of a down have a similar thing, except they apparently can't get their shit together because of, like, credit differences, which I understand. Yeah. Um, but just, like, over the last five years, they could have released fucking three albums worth yeah. of, like, content just with everything in the political climate. Like, yeah. So much they could have 
talked about and they didn't. And, like, I understand the pressure of, like, trying to live up to yourself, but yeah. I would like to see them try, mm. I guess. Like, um... Ooh, I was going to say... Yeah, the, to me, the most interesting thing to happen to Rage in the last decade, probably, is um Denzel, Cu- Denzel Curry covering Bulls on Parade for, like, a version. Really yeah. good. Yeah. Really, really good. It's, like, such an electric performance. And he adds a verse of his own yep. over the guitar solo oh, instead, which just reinvigorates it. Totally and we were me. listening to it in the car, and I said to him, like, I, I can't believe I'm saying that I prefer a rap verse over... Yeah. A guitar solo, but mm. I do because it's yeah, it's it's powerful. Yeah. yeah. Also, the thing that's like in the last ten or so years that was big for them was that BBC show they did. Ah, where they it was like for Christmas, and it was like every year Simon whatever Simon Cow song, whatever Simon whatever song Simon Cow put out mm. would always be like the number one song for Christmas, so they would get like the performer to sing it. It's like this radio DJ, like, hammered home, like, let's get killing in the name of. Yeah. <laughs> Insert. And so, like, they're, they're talking and everything. And apparently, like, they were told, okay, we know, we know the part. Like, we don't want you to, we want you to come up with a way to not say the word fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, they'll, you know, we'll do it. And so, like, he didn't, like, got, I'm pretty sure I got cut from live TV but like <laughs> he just yeah like he's he's doing it for a while and he's like damn you I won't, I won't do what you tell me and then like eventually he's just like fuck you I won't do what you tell me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I feel like there's a lot to be said for like because they are a real symbol of like an overarching like resistance in mm. air quotes so like it kind of to me it diminishes like how potent that symbol is whenever they do keep like rehashing themselves like mm. but then obviously in a practical sense they need to earn money still yeah. so of course they're still reforming that kind of i don't know like yeah there's always going to be a bit of push pull between like their ideals and ideology as a band versus the realities of being in a band and mm. having to pay your bills and yeah all that other mm. like even using that picture of the monk who self-immolated like when you think about it in like an economical sense like that's pretty fucked Mm. like they're taking someone's very real pain and like yes it's a message of Mm. like again resistance that kind of thing but they're also making money off that it it's not as cheap as like a Che Guevara shirt but it's not completely removed from that exactly but it's that shock thing like yeah yeah um like I'm thinking of another one from the 90s, the Marilyn Manson cover of him as a woman. Mechanical Animal. Yes. That's right, yeah. I, just, I would say that one's just more androgynous. But like that that was also kind of shocking. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. for the time. Yeah. No, he wasn't a woman. Like he he had breasts and I think like a Ken doll. Well, sort yeah. Of. yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But again, like that was in his image though it wasn't. Mm. someone who died a very violent and awful death out of yeah. protest and then being like hey buy our CD yeah. like mm. I'm just saying like that was a time for shocking true, yeah. album art yeah. yeah yeah one thing I will talk about quickly yeah. was there was an incident at the 2000 VMAs where um, Limp Bizkit and Rage Against the Machine were up uh, for best rock video um, so it was Rage's video for Sleep Now in the Fire, directed by Michael Moore, mm-hmm. where they play outside the New York Stock Exchange and cops attempt to get them to stop and they shut down the building. 
Um, and that faced Limp Bizkit's video for Break Stuff, which <laughs> featured a number of fans mouthing the words to the song, along with cameos from celebrities. So, infamously, <laughs> Limp Bizkit won, and then Tim Comerford, the bassist, like, climbed a giant pillar at the show or something in protest, and just, like, sat there. Um... I'm, I'm surprised they cared about the VMAs, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. This yeah. is the thing, is, yeah. like, I find it really hard to reconcile that push-pull between... Yeah. Where Like, really... they shouldn't have even been... Like, like I like that they were nominated, but they should. They almost should have been like, oh, fuck it, like, we're not going. Yeah. yeah. I don't care if we win. Um, yeah, so Comerford would eventually get down. He was arrested by police <laughs> and had to spend a night in jail afterwards. <laughs> Uh, Zach and Tom urged him not to do it and apparently were disappointed in his actions. Aww. And then um, it says a month after the events, De La Rocha announced his departure from the band, saying in a statement, I feel that it is now necessary to leave Rage because our decision-making process has failed. It is no longer meeting the aspirations of all four of us collectively as a band and from my perspective has undermined our artistic and political ideal. Which is um, interesting because... They had um, Renegades, that album. The cover album like, came out after that. Yeah. Didn't right. it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe they'd already done it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, think, I think people knew it was their last album at the time. Well, I mean, you look at a band like Refuse the Sound of Punk to Come. Yeah. Shape. The yeah. Shape of... You yeah, say. The Shape of Punk to Come. The Shape of Punk to Come. Um, they released that like posthumously. Like, oh, they I bro- I'm pretty sure they were they were broken up. Basically, at that time, yeah, they played a their last show before they got back together was some like basement show in somewhere like Atlanta, and it got broken up by the cops. Yeah, to like <laughs> to like fifty people, and then yeah, they right. released that, and then 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 I think it was just like, oh wow, this is amazing. Oh, what they're not together anymore. So they uh, broke up months after the album was released. Okay, but still like. That's yes, they did, they they basically they wouldn't have toured it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So basically, when we saw them mm. in 2012, we were seeing them tour that album yeah. essentially yeah. <laughs> for the Crazy. first time. Oh, that show was so fucking sick. <laughs> that was really good. Anyway, except I'm paying you to say "Can I scream?" I'm not paying you to put a microphone in my face so I can I say know. "Can I scream?" <laughs> yeah. Can can you scream for me? Exactly. No, no. I'm paying you to do it. Please do it. Here. 
Uh, Alright, so let's move on to Before My Life Fails. Uh, which is probably going to be a running theme for a lot of these Japanese bands. There's virtually no information about them. All I could find out was that they're from Tokyo. And I searched high and low yeah. for information on these guys. And I couldn't. Uh, they're on Spotify, so give them a listen. I feel like their name should have a comma, like, after it. As in, like, before oh, my yeah. life fails. Yeah. <laughs> Gorilla Radio. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what do you think of the cover? It's sick. I like it. Mm. Yeah. I Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, like, it feels a bit different. They're a bit more metal. Yeah. I would say. Um, they played the riffs with like a slightly different phrasing, so it's like a bit more groovy. Yeah. But I love that, like, yeah, they have all the conviction, even though, as Sam, you said before, like, they're not native English speakers. Mm. And it is actually, like, pretty difficult lyrics to wrap your tongue around. Yeah. Um, but it makes me think I would love to hear it translated into Japanese. Yeah, Yeah. I kind of, I kind of would have liked it if it was just him doing Japanese, because I... Listen to a little bit of their stuff. I think some of the bits they do in English and some they do in Japanese. Oh, That's cool. So it's like melodic metalcore. Yeah. I guess I would I would describe it. Makes sense. Um Yeah, and like he's got a when you when he's not doing the sort of rap voice, because that's not what his style is like, he's got yeah. a pretty interesting voice as oh, well. Wow. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's like I feel like metalcore definitely suits Gorilla Radio. Yes, yeah. as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I just feel like it works. I also think that most of like the Japanese metal bands of the era, like melodic metalcore, was such a template. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. early on it was a few different things, but after like Kill Switch Engage, it's sort of like everyone's doing the same thing. You yeah, know? melodic riff, uh, breakdown, whatever, growl. Uh, clean vocal but like, I know like Architects is another one that's like is for lack of a better word like an architect of that sort of style right. like archetypal like there's a lot of there's a lot of bands copying them I've never True. listened yeah, to Architects yeah. but I've heard that they're they're for that for like the 2010s right yeah yeah, yeah and, and well, I don't know I don't know I know that Bring Me The Horizon is very popular Definitely. but they they change a lot like, yeah their early stuff compared to now is is day and night. They're pretty much the the modern Lincoln Park. Yes, now. yes. I think in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah. Like I've got. No, I've never listened to Bring Me the Horizon, and I'll probably never listen to Bring Me the Horizon. But I also don't have any problems with Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think the Japanese bands tend to kind of play that style and just do whatever the fuck they want, which mm. I like. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think, yeah, because my impression of like Japanese metal is two things: either like throwing shit at the wall. You know, and seeing whatever sticks, like crazy dynamics, like Doron Gray and Psy. Yeah, yeah. Psy is very much like that. It's like jazz black metal. Yeah, yeah. I thought um, you meant this guy. No, no, no. <laughs> no. So, like Psy, like. <sighs> yeah, oh, no okay. Band. Yeah, gotcha. I either think of that, or I think of uh, the more poppy kind of metal with like no minor chords. Yep. You know what I mean? Like baby metal. Lo- kind of. Yeah. There's a lot of Japanese music that's like all major chords for some reason. I don't yeah. know why, like, where that comes from. That's a thing. I mean, I've listened to a little bit of Japanese power metal, but I could also see Japan being pretty into power metal. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Mm. Coffins is probably my favourite Japanese band. Ooh. Just very depressing 
Death Doom. Cool. Yeah. You have to play me some later. <laughs> hmm. They're very good. Yes. Um, so but, I, sorry. I managed to find uh, on Japanese Wikipedia. Yep. So I've been able to like roughly get it translated to English. Um, so I think, look, their history even on Wikipedia is pretty basic, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, they have toured with the likes of Story of the Year and As I Lay Dying. They okay. toured uh, in Japan for Taste of Chaos 2008, I think, which I didn't realise Taste of Chaos went to Japan. That's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Mm. Then, where are we? There was something else that was really interesting. So they were going to tour with Architects, I think, possibly, in mm. China, but it got cancelled due to the influence of international affairs. Uh, and... Weird. Pardon? Okay. Weird, but okay. I know, yeah. Um, and they disbanded in 2016, but they had a one-day revival at Shibuya Ruby Room on August 31st, 2019. Oh, cool. uh, so organised by Fever of Logic, 10th anniversary show, and they were on a bill with Her Name and Blood, who have also contributed covers to the Japanese editions of Punkos. Oh, cool. There you go. I didn't yeah. realise that they'd split up. No, nor did I, which is a shame. But yeah, it looks like they're they've got Twitter accounts and stuff. I'd like to follow them and Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty sick. I feel like instead of having individual bonus individual Japanese bonus tracks to each compilation, they should just have like one C D with all Japanese bands. So yeah, right? good. It would be so good. Or a playlist somewhere if they can license it. Because I think like there's only there for each album there's like three or four 90 songs and then I think yep. there's like one of the pop ones yeah I can't remember exactly how they do it but yeah um, so a bit of an interesting career I guess for them yeah yeah. I like when that happens yeah yeah, yeah. cute cool. I just hit follow on them but no I think this and like it ends with a breakdown I'm fine yeah. with that I like the uh, all hell um, can't stop us now is that what he says? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's like a gang vocal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that feels right to me. We, uh, we've not had a gang vocal for a while. Yeah, there's just something about the way they execute this that I usually would find kind of annoying, but like I really love the frontman's vocals and like. It's pretty like it. It definitely not disparate, but like it. it it keeps you focused because it sort of changes enough. Yeah. Like the last one, the uh, Avril Lavigne one, was pretty bad. That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty bad. This is this is not. This yeah. is this is great and this yeah. is well thought out. And yeah. and I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they were Rage Against the Machine fans. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like it's you know doing it with love. Exactly. Yeah. No, I love it. Cool. because well, this is. I assume we're moving on. Sure. Because um, this is a Japanese one, I like to... Like, the special edition ones, I want to do something different for them. Okay. Make, make it a little bit more different. So, I'm going to play a, a whole bunch of covers. Sweet. And uh, see what happens. And we're going to watch these covers as... Uh, I think I might be the only one that's listened to most of this. Um, yeah, I've not listened to any of these yet. So we're going to be doing a lot of pausing and starting up again. We're going to be uh, playing a lot of covers as we as we go along. So, yeah. Cool. The first one is, they're called Brass Against. Check the frequencies, the way, move on DC. We the days of bomb and MC sound off. Check the federal flag. 
So, yes, Brass Against. What did we think? I'm going to throw to Richard because I think he has better um, <laughs> observations well, than I do. So they are they're essentially a cover band. They have a couple of original songs that I haven't heard, right? But yeah. they're like a rock band format um, with, I think, several female vocalists who rotate in and out. Okay, that's And cool. um, yeah, a brass section, basically. So they record all their songs live-ish. Yeah. And um, they mostly cover hard rock songs. So, like, they started out covering Rage, obviously. Yeah. But they've done, like, Tool, Audio Slave. Uh, yeah, I think stuff leaning in that end. And, like, have con- con- kind of viral from that. But, yeah, it's them covering Grill Radio um, with brass and stuff. Uh, sax, which is technically not a brass instrument. It's woodwind, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, because it has the reed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sax, they've got like sousaphone, which is like a big, the big wraparound marching tuba, (laughs) um, all of that. An instrument you can wear. Yeah. Exactly. I guess a guitar and a bass is an instrument you can wear. But just like, yeah, a lot of energy, real fun. Yeah. In a cramped room and it feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What'd you guys think? I like the, uh, I like when they're doing the, the lead up to the, like, and it's just the, the trombone doing the, <laughs> I think she, she brings a lot of, yeah, almost like, like a lot of power to it. Like, it's really good. Mm. Mm. I think like, it's really good. Like, it's really well executed, but it just feels wrong to me. Like, I just, <laughs> oh, really? so I'm just like, mm. is it cause it's too similar? I think so. It just yeah, it sort yeah. of it reminds me a lot of those like postmodern jukebox kind of ones. True. So like to me, it sort of dilutes what the song is about. Just having a big brass section behind it. Okay. That. Yeah. Like the the guitar is very overpowering during the chorus. Yeah. Like the distortion is all like too muddy, in my opinion. Um, you said there that it's it's New Orleans style, kind of. Because I don't know where they're from. In fact, I should look that up. But. Um, yeah, my hot take is, um, not really a hot take, but I haven't heard, again, I haven't heard the original songs. Apparently they only have a couple. Yeah. But I'd like to hear them have more and just transcend being a cover band because apparently their original mission was political and intent. They're from New York, New York Collective. I see there being more value here than postmodern jukebox because that is just like, Let's take this song and do it yeah. like 1920s yeah. depression era jazz style, exactly. swing style. It's like I can see like they're they're a band, and yes, they have brass in their in yeah. their name and in their you know ensemble. My instrument. My idea for them would be to kind of embrace the New Orleans style and yeah. even do a full drum line. Yeah, right, like yeah. marching drums and stuff, and have a more open mix. Because this is like a very polished modern rock mix. It's got yeah. all the compression on it. But again, it has the feeling of like... Uh, it's like you're sitting in a cube with all of them. Yeah. Playing at you. Yeah. Rather than like... Uh, the feeling of like being in like a field or something. Yeah, like, Or at true. a protest, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because if we're going... If we're going back in history, right? I always think of... Um, protest song and like the history of drums as that is coming from like Fela Kuti. Yeah. So he was a Nigerian um he was a band leader and like singer and stuff I think. And so he was super famous at the time in the 70s. 
had an album called Zombie, mm-hmm. like critique the Nigerian government. And I think it was like uh, banished from there for a time or something. Okay. Like, yeah, very very famous musician, um, jazz plus like protest plus drums and stuff like African yep. rhythms. And yep. so, to me, I associate like the history of drums as protest, yeah, and also as kind of celebration mm. as coming from him, yeah, and linking up to New Orleans where like. You know, funerals have drum lines, and yeah. you know it's or the it's a celebration of life. Yeah, yeah, um, there's sort of a ceremonial element to it. Yeah, and so like Beyonce, like literally her career to me is split. It's like Destiny's Child era, yep, early solo era, and then it's like she discovers Velocity in like marching bands and yeah. becomes the modern incarnation of her. Yeah, because she's taken a lot from that. Like even the song like Formation, yeah, is that it's percussive and it's celebratory and it's fun. So, like, that's what I would like to hear. Just, like, mm. an ensemble, but not... Uh, not bra... Not, like, rock band plus brass. That's... But, yeah. Yeah. That's where it loses me, is just the concept alone. Like, it... It's way too, like, polished, almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, that's what I was thinking. It's, like... It feels like they've practiced this a million times. It's mm. down to a science for them. I kind of want there to be the feeling of anything could happen. If this yeah. is, like... Even if there's... I mean... The brass, the brass musicians probably have some form of jazz influence, 100%. and that's one of the things that people say about jazz is that it's it's interpretive music. Like, yeah, you can change it at the drop of a hat. Because like. mm. I've heard amazing jazz covers of like old rock songs. Yeah, um, even with just a trio, like I've heard, like I think Nirvana's "Heart Shaped Box" done oh, by so a cool. band, and you know, there, there are times when. Uh, those songs will get covered and it'll go off on a tangent and become unrecognisable but also yeah. it can be done like really well in the spirit of yeah. the song so yeah cool anyway. nice right. so yeah. next up we have Sydney based band Red Hook Given that this is an audio podcast, <laughs> as most podcasts are, <laughs> um, so the video is just them. It was recorded relatively recently, yeah. I believe. Um, classic sort of setup of abandoned house. Let's smash shit and throw TVs out the window, and, yeah. <laughs> um, which looks fun. Yeah. So fronted by a woman. Um, I really should look up their names. That's really crap of me, but. Um, yeah, to me, it's sort of a... Oh, kick off, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I would love to see, like, a better production value to this. And obviously, mm. that's just out of, like... I'm guessing they're just not at a point yet where they can sort of... No, I was saying to you guys, like... Um, they don't have an album yet, but, like, every... 
every song has a music video. So, like, yeah. they work in that regard. Yeah. And, like, their other music videos have more production value to them. Right. This, this definitely feels like one of them knew an abandoned house on their street and, and it was like, let's get one of our friends with the camera and we'll yeah. just go, you know, for a couple of hours and that, you know, film it in an afternoon. That is very much a thing that, like, pop leading metal bands do, especially in Australia for some reason. Mm. Because um, it's like... They're not necessarily album artists, for whatever reason, but um, there's this mentality of, we must make music videos for all the songs in order to, not quite go viral, but like, uh, disseminate via YouTube. But ironically, metal is not really a visually oriented genre, so... You never... It's very rare that I'll watch a metal music video and be like, oh, this absolutely needed to happen. They're expressing themselves. It's like a promo clip. Yeah. Right? And I feel like a lot of them... A lot of the music videos don't quite match what the song's about anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, that's a shame. So, Red Hook were, and just to oh. clarify. Oh, did they break up? Did no, they? no, no. Uh, so, consisting of lead vocalist Emmy Mack, guitarist Craig Wilkinson, drummer Alex Powis, I think. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, Alex. And temporary bassist Ned Yankovic. Cool. Um, Name. Or it's with a J, so again, I could be pronouncing it wrong. I'm uh, so sorry. So, so same re- origin, I'm so sure. So not related to Weird Al. Um, I'm sure it's the same origin. Yeah. So yeah. they were slated to perform at Download, but of course that um, got cancelled. Yeah. Uh, yes. Despite this, they released their sixth single, Dead Walk, on 27th of March last year. So day after my birthday. <laughs> and yeah, they released a music video for Dead Walk on 3rd of April last year. Um, but yeah, they've toured with the likes of the Amity Affliction, uh, the Getaway Plan. I think they're due to tour with Hands Like Houses potentially, or they yeah. might yeah. have in the past. They're, they're doing shows here in Northcote soon. Oh, sick! We should go see them. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. There you go. Yeah, I saw that from their website. Yeah, that they're they're touring Northcote. Oh no, it might have even been on Spotify. Yeah, because I thought, oh, they're from Northcote. And then it was like, oh no, they're from Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's probably I don't. It's probably reductive to like compare them to other. Like I hate, especially with like women fronted bands. There's a tendency mm. to compare to other women fronted bands in a way yeah. that isn't necessarily done with men. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, totally. But to me, like I'm yeah. This reminds me a lot of like Wax, who are from Brisbane, and yeah, just that same sort of vibe like I really enjoy it I like to sort of see yeah women like stepping up and like fronting these sort of more aggressive kind of bands yeah and there's a yeah there's a few good ones in Australia which I really like I also like in this as you said while watching the video that they like they layer the chorus yeah like like there's clean vocals over over her I should say yeah but like it also like it gives it it makes it its own yeah as well exactly mm, yeah not just not just for the fact that it's a female singing song it's yeah it sort of makes it its own thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah there are um oh, two things i noted which is one they do they do tune the guitars mm-hmm. i think by a fourth or something but um because the rage do they detune some they have some in drop d and i think yeah. some in e flat okay mostly standard yep um because, yeah, the, their guitars are very noticeably gated, which is when, um, like, if you're playing at a certain uh, volume level, it'll just cut off. Clip, yeah. So it's, um, it's a very, like, gent-type thing. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so they, they're playing the riff, the same riff, essentially, but you can notice, like, the little gaps in between the phrases, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like, it feels less organic, but yeah. Um, I didn't hate it, though. Yeah. I like your line, Fem Durst. Yes, because she's <laughs> clearly doing the Fred Durst, like, voice breaking yeah. thing. DJ Lethal! <laughs> I'm just, if you don't mind, I'm just going to find there was a way that they self-described themselves. Yeah. Screaming rap rock electro pop mutants. Yeah. Sure. Owing to their unusual combination of genres such as metalcore, electronica, and rap. You hear that more in their other stuff. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah. it's definitely more prevalent in their other stuff. I, I just thought of another mashup that we have to talk about, so. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, no, 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 I'll play it for you later. Okay. Maybe we can do it last. <laughs> Third cab off the rank. Richard, do you want to take this one? Sure. So this is Nandy Bushell. She is a British uh, multi-instrumentalist, let's yes. say. Yeah. Um, Child prodigy. Yeah, she was 10 years old when this video was done. And it's just her playing uh, part of the song, like a minute of the song, but every instrument. So guitar, bass, drums, which is probably her most natural instrument. Yeah. 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 And she doesn't do the vocals, but it's cool. She, she got viral doing... Um, she did a... Foo Fighters song, didn't she? And like, yeah. then she did like the it was like the drum off with Dave Roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's um, yeah, she's definitely picked up a lot of views for doing what she does because she's super enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah, and very talented. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's great. She just she has a great seems like love for uh, Rage Against the Machine, and then it's and know, rock music in general, and yeah. rock music in general, and yeah, she just has a great time, and it's. And that has a cute message. Well, it's very wholesome. It's also, like, it's also like yeah. cute message and also a very pertinent message of fight racism. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> which, yeah, which she shows at the end. Um, yeah, no, this is like it'd be interesting to see if she goes anywhere. Yes, with her music, I you know it would be great if she does. Um, yeah, and there's also a very cute video afterwards of Tom Morello gifting her an absolutely stunning Fender Stratocaster. It's like a, a Strat with a glossy finish. It's black and the uh, the plate is silver, so I think. The plate is silver. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm not a fan of Strats, but it's just gorgeous. Yeah. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to seal that. <laughs> yeah, it is just mwah, immaculate. Yeah, that kid has a lot of like cool shit in her house, I yeah. imagine. I wonder if it was like... She had so much energy and her parents were like, oh, fuck it, we'll just give you a drum kit and <laughs> burn through your energy that way. I think that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And yeah. they become talented. They saw, my parents sort of did that with my brother and then he yeah. played, like, they got him a drum kit. He went for, like, one lesson and then I was like, I'll learn the drums. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Where's our guitar from Tom Morello, then? Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, Tom, if you're listening, gift me that guitar because <laughs> it is just... It is, Stunning, that thing. We don't mind that you're friends with 
that guy. Ted Nugent. Yeah. <laughs> um, we we kind of do, but we'll we'll look past <laughs> it, I guess. I was going to say that my hope with these kinds of like child and teen project prodigies is that they don't go on to just be like good cover instrumentalists on YouTube. Yeah. Because yeah. that um. I don't want to say it's a novelty of kids doing because it, it's generally impressive. It's really cool, right? But um, it does wear off a bit as you get into adulthood and like everyone can do that. Well, especially yeah. sorry. Also, yeah. oh, because the standard of um, like guitar playing and everything has become so high that like you know everyone can play like Rush songs on drums yeah. now or whatever you know. Yeah. Especially just in the age of like content, like you need yeah. to do something that isn't just here's another cover and like obviously. Yeah, Nandy's just a kid, so, mm. like, that's really sweet. But, yeah, it kind of does my head in that she is growing up into an industry, potentially, where she'll be up against TikTokers and, yeah. like, just all these kids that also have produced a shit ton of content. Like, you yeah. need something to define yourself after that. Yeah. So. And I want to hear people be, like, the, you know, one of the issues with rock music these days is that it's too easy to, like just be someone who's really into music and playing the notes and not engaging with, like, the broader culture. That's the thing. Like, I'm super into rock music. That's cool, but so is everyone. Like, yeah. yeah. And she's obviously, like, she's got oodles of talent. So, like, she totally could turn this into a career. Yeah. So, I'm sure her parents are well aware of this, though. But get that kid an agent. (laughs) Yep. But have fun in the meantime. Exactly. No pressure. All right. Just be a kid. Moving on, we're going to... Go on to another child prodigy, Yo-Yo Car. I'm going to say Yo-Yo Car because it sounds like Yo-Yo Ma the cellist. Yeah, yeah. Yo-Yo Car. Yo-Yo Car. Yo-Yo Car. I've already... Fe- oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We, we've watched three in a row, and we're coming back to it, so uh, <laughs> pull on the curtain back a little bit. She uh, is a terrific drummer. Yeah. I kind of... I said I wished... I just I wanted one moment where she just goes crazy on the double bass, but I, I, she, I can't fault her for not. Yeah, so she's Japanese and probably like 10 or 11. Yeah. yeah. I'd say. Yeah. I think that's part of it is like she's... Young enough to still be a bit shy and like a yeah. bit, because like give her a couple more years, like I could see her going absolutely ham on those drums. It's yeah. gonna be so sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I like that. Like we're getting all of these like kids doing this as well. Like, yeah, it's, it's... and young girls as well. That's the yeah. one that's like I'm loving that. It's so good. Because I I mean I was making that you know again curtain pulled back. I was making myself a coffee, so I you know the kettle was my main focus for a little while did she follow exactly like the drums or did she do her own thing with that it's pretty much the same but I would say it doesn't sound like she's just like uh imitating it because the groove is there yeah to me and it feels 
organic. So I wrote, if I was a drum teacher, I'd give her an A. Yeah. And the plus would be for adding a bit more of her own flip. But, <laughs> yeah. like, you can tell... You can definitely tell when, like, kids and teenagers and even adults are, like, just playing the notes yeah. versus, yeah. like, embodying the song. But she gets it, so... Yeah. I don't know. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, so good. We've still got a lot more to get through, so let's move on to... Uh, We've talked about them in, in the past. Uh, we've liked their stuff in the past quite a bit. The Holophonics. Looking for shade, I'll take shots at the brutal shoot Out the pulse close like a casket. On truth, the power to sign and play in the shadow with power. A spectacle monopolized the camera's eyes on trust disguise. Was the cast for the mass who burning tall? A father thought she's who thoughts for blood and all. Yes, a spectacle monopolized. They hold the reins and stole your eyes. All the fish, the guns, the bullets, the bombs who stuff the banks, who staff the body ranks. More for go, all the son of a drug lord, none of the not a fan of this cover um this is closer to what i would have wanted from brass against i guess very loosely but again that's mostly just because there's a horn section um just the optics of this are kind of cooked i don't like that like it's just it's painfully white it immediately yeah. sounds like at the start the song i don't like cricket no i love it and yeah. I, I can't stand that song it's mostly because i can't stand cricket but because again the format is like a rock band plus several brass instruments they're in like someone's house yeah so they've got carpeting on the walls for like sound insulation yeah and that's um, that's how they do it like they they're recording the videos yeah. at someone's house with all of their stuff yeah. except the vocals aren't like no, no. no. Yeah, because they're not singing into a mic. No. Um, but, yeah, it's weird because the brass players initially don't look like they want to be there, mm-hmm. which is really funny. Yeah. The drummer doesn't look like he wants to be there. Yeah. yeah. And the singer is, um, in the verses, like, they kind of, they don't slow down, but they play it clean, yeah. the guitars, and um, the singer kind of, like, he, he sings it melodically, mm-hmm. but kind of in, like, a Jamaican, like, toasty yeah. way. It's, like, not full fake patois, but... Uh, it's heading in that direction. It's, yeah. it's not Chet Hanks. <laughs> yeah. But it's a whisker away from being Chet Hanks, and it's embarrassing it's, to listen to. It's like enough that you can tell that they've studied their influences. Yeah. At least, like, not just, you know, third wave, like, American Scar, whatever. But they've yeah. gone back further than that, but it's still a bit like, hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, a lot of, and like, the thing that popped up, um, you know, watch their next video was they they did an album called Banjo Skazooie, which yeah. is which is they did the Scar version of the Banjo Kazooie soundtrack. Which cool. one of you two said that's perfect for Scar? Like, yeah, that's yeah. sticking to your lane. That's yeah. like, and it, like it's not to gatekeep, but it's just yeah. with a song as crucial as Gorilla Radio, you can't do it. 
this level of disservice. Like it just yeah. it, it just sounds tone deaf to me. And, and let's let's be real. Like I would love to get the Holophonics on because like yeah. we'd love to talk yeah. to them about their their cover album of "Stay What You Are" by um, Saves the Day. Yeah, like I'd love to talk to them about that. Yeah, yeah. It's just this was a bit of a this you know not everything can be perfect. Gonna chuck in a little Easter egg here for Dan of Sadie Hawkins Pod slash MXPX memes in for me. Um, drop us a line, tell us what you think, because you are the expert on Scar in my eyes. So mm-hmm. I'd like to get an actual informed opinion that isn't mine. <laughs> sure. I, I would say that we say this because clearly the Holophonics are talented. Oh, and yeah. And the effort is there. It's not like, oh, this is bad because I suck. No, it's no. Like, yeah. That's like I've genuinely enjoyed a lot of their work. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah the optics on this one are too off for yeah. me to f- immerse myself and enjoy it. 100%. Yeah. But a uh, counter to that is this one, which is so, so sick. Um, apologies if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. So, voice of Basaprot, I believe. I think so. <laughs> Indonesian band uh, they performed on a TV show Inspirasi Music and it's it fucking rules and Basaprot is Sundanese Sundanese um, again I'm pronouncing no oh, Sundan no. yeah. sorry yeah. Um, it means noisy <laughs> that's so good <laughs> so yeah just three young women fucking cutting sick on a TV stage very sort of like I said, it gives me real like bikini kill vibes. Just the sort of wailing vocals. Yeah, like love it. I love it so much. Like it's so they formed in 2014. I wouldn't be surprised if this was not that long after. Yeah, mm. but like looking at pictures of them, even like from the Inspirasi music to now, I'm assuming now like they got like now they got like the leather jackets. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But with still with the the hijab, the burger, yeah. burger, um, and like it just it it's sick. It looks amazing. Yeah, and I 
I really wouldn't be surprised if they're if they're all self-taught musicians. Mm. But it gives it like they play very well, yeah. They, they play very well, and it, it definitely gives it that really I don't know, like jagged edge to it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My um, not issue with this, but it is very much sped up. Yeah. Um, it's played with like slap bass, but to me, it's weird because I don't. <laughs> They don't settle on a feel or a groove to me. Right. It's just kind of in fast forward. Um, so as a rule, it sounds a bit like Primus to me, but like unintentionally, because there's a bit of wackiness to it yeah. that I can't overcome. So like the drums are doing a lot. The bass is doing a lot. The guitar's pretty much doing the same thing. But yeah, I would like to hear it like almost stripped down a little bit to be a little bit less busy, you know? So what's your, uh, what's your hot take on slap bass then? Uh, <laughs> depends. It's contextual. My, yeah. my bass teacher loved teaching me slap bass. Oh, I bet, yeah. Um, I, I think that you can't have... You can't really have a band where the slap bass is constantly the lead instrument. Because no. the bass still has to be a rhythm instrument. And they, they stop it once so, it sort of kicks in. Like, yeah. it's just the start that she's doing a bit of slap bass. Oh, she's kind of doing... She's kind of playing lead bass throughout the verses, even. Mm. So Okay. Yeah. I almost wonder if a lot of the musical choices are just a product of them being... Young and on television, so. like yeah, 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 sped up. I wouldn't be surprised if they were just sort of like oh shit and like a sort of yeah. speeding through. Like again, I sort of read it as like three nervous like preteen or teen. Yeah, yeah, totally. Kids, like mm. yeah, yeah. I feel like give them a couple of years, I could totally hear them doing this and doing it better. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like what? What does it sound like now? Now, yeah, that they're, now exactly. That, now that they're probably closer to being adults. Yeah. Like, mm. But no, it's just, yeah, so, so sick. Like, the, I always cringe when I see artists like this because I was just such an ignorant teen. Like, <laughs> sorry. I, yeah, I listened to Green Day and, like, the most political thing was, like, yeah, fuck Bush because I heard, listened to American Idiot one time. But, like, I just love seeing the energy of, like, mm. yeah, these kinds of girls. It's so cool. Fucking, yeah, keep doing it. It's so good. Just keep going. Well, from one talented female to another, we're now moving on to uh, Alanis. was by Alanis Morissette at mm-hmm. the Hotel Cafe in 2007, which is where a lot of singer-songwriters seem to perform at the time. Like, there's a... pretty sure there's, like, a Starbucks compilation from the Hotel Cafe, and, like, <laughs> an early Katy Perry is on it or something. Nice. Um, this is more like Nalanis. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, she sings over an acoustic version. 
She sings as Alanis mm. as you would expect from her. That weird kind of nervy energy doesn't really. I work. I feel like, and you you feel like no, you you don't think she does. I feel like she kind of is aware that she maybe shouldn't be singing this. And yeah, she's, she feels nervous about it. You seem to beg to differ, but I I don't. She strikes me as someone who wouldn't have the self awareness to not do it. I feel and like I know she that would. sounds really mean, but like. But she did that cover of My Humps around yeah, the same era, which true. I don't know if you've heard that. Have you? No, I haven't. It's yeah, it's like a parody of it that's making fun of itself, but also again, she doesn't have the shame to like not do it. Yeah. So. I don't. I like, and I say this as someone who has definitely thought about saying something, thought maybe I shouldn't say that, then said it, and immediately mm. regretted it after. But like, mm. that's. Like, an offhand comment is different to, like, a full song. Yeah. Mm. Like, your band has to Got know to how to play it. Yeah. Like, you have to know the lyrics. Like... Yeah. I don't know. This, to me, is very holophonics-y. Yeah. And just like, ooh, buddy. Mm. Like... It's bad. It's it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's classic Alanis, but... Yeah. Mm. I also looked it up, and Tom Morello, as the Night Watchman, actually played at this show. Yeah. At the yes. same show. Correct. Same show, same day. So yeah. people yeah, sure. heard the same song twice. I don't know if he played but it. Like two bad versions, maybe of. Let's just get into yeah, that then. Do that yeah. one first. So the so. Night Watchman, uh, Tom Morello's folk rock acoustic yeah. solo act. Yeah. Lights out, Gorilla Radio. Lights out, Gorilla Radio. Lights out, Gorilla Radio. Turn that shit up, let's go. of this he only he really only does one thing as the night watchman which is like it's pre-electric bob dylan it's yeah. like woody guthrie that kind of thing folk uh, uh, billy bragg maybe like folk rock with a hard political message right and i respect the conviction but it never seems very fun to listen to nah yeah it always just feels like a parody to me because it's just the mm. like yeah, yeah. I don't know. And I know that's part of the whole thing, like, similar to, I don't know, Johnny Cash always used the same, like, walking bass line and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that they're tropes for a reason, but I just can't listen to it without thinking, ah, okay, here we are. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's it's guerrilla radio by way of bad to the bone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah. (laughs) Literally bad to the bone. Yeah. And it's just... I don't know, like, it just doesn't work. I, yeah. I give it a pass because it's Tom Morello doing it. Yeah. If it were literally any other musician, I'd True. be like, just fuck off. Like, I, I mean, I like that the the guitar solo in the original sounds like a harmonica, and this time he is just using a harmonica. True. Mm. So that is an interesting take. Um, yeah, he's got an interesting voice. 
I was going to say it's a great voice, but he's mm. got an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, yeah, it reminds me a bit of him when he uh, toured with Bruce Springsteen and ah. the Street Band. Because um, Stevie Van Zandt was off filming, it was like like a Swedish or Norwegian gangster show okay. that he was the lead of. Yep. Basically for his work on The Sopranos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Tom Morello replaced him on a couple of tours, including like the first Australian one. Oh, and, sweet. Um, at one point, Stevie came back, so they had, like, five guitarists or something, which was cool. Uh, but, yeah, it's, like, in Bruce's band, he kind of just, like, slots in. Yeah. Uh, which is good, actually. He just plays rhythm, except um, on, like, The Ghost of Tom Joad, which is a Bruce song that uh, they... That Rage actually covered oh, cool. in 2000, 2001, and they revamped it into, like, a mixed version between both. Yeah. So, with the Tom Morello guitar solo. That's so cool. That was always fun. That felt to me like him finding another cool place to slot in yeah yeah. except that I did hear that guitar solo like four times uh, <laughs> on four different shows but yeah it was a cool song yeah anyway do you think he got the gig by um, by basically saying like does Bruce Springsteen say alright what does born in the USA actually mean and he, he and he got it and he's like <laughs> yeah. you're in I don't yeah. care how good of a guitarist you are you're in possibly true <laughs> yes. Like, hey man, I get the struggle. Hmm. I also don't think it's pro USA. No, <laughs> I'm not going to play it at a rally. Yeah. off the rank is Sum 41 and The Used. So they released this cover which mashes up Gorilla Radio and Bulls on Parade. Gorilla Radio, Bulls on Parade. And Know Your Enemy. Oh, and I that's think right. The yes, guitar yes. solo was, I think, was it the Bulls on Parade guitar solo? Wasn't the... It wasn't Killing in the Name of solo. I think it's the Know Your Enemy. Okay. Solo, right. Which is a bit faster, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this one was done March of this year. Um, and yeah. They intercut with uh, footage from like Black Lives Matter protests uh, mm. in the US. Um, yeah, to me, this one, it look. I'm always gonna have a soft spot for Bert McCracken. Just he's a cool guy. Also, knowing that he was doing this in Sydney. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, shout to our fellow Australian resident. Um, mm. I think, like, this one, to me, their heart is in the right place. So, to me, it reads well. Like, it's not the most talented cover I've ever heard of it, because it's very rote. Yeah. Compared to, like, it's just, they're doing what it says on the box, it's a cover. Mm. But Bert's vocals, and just the way that the two bands handle the sentiment behind it is perfect. So, to me, like, this gets a big tick. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said it, like, they're, you know, showing all this stuff of, like, Black Lives Matter stuff, you know, the protests and everything from last year, while they're in their very nice houses. Yeah. Um, by themselves in their very nice houses. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those ones that we were seeing a lot of last year, especially, like... Uh, Goldfinger were releasing one of these videos every week and it's like all the members in their own houses yeah. recording the parts and yeah I I mean I know I know Bert and I'm assuming the drummer is the used drummer because he's got a whole bunch of used stuff on <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know who are the rest of the oh I know that the guitarist is the Sum 41 guitarist I'm gonna go ahead and assume the other one is Sum 41 because it wasn't Jeffa, like it wasn't. I don't think. Like Quinn it is Quinn still in the band? Uh, I think so. Hang on. What was the last time the Used released an album? Oof, I think they only did one like a couple of years ago. Ah. They were over here touring in Love and Death, and uh... I'm surprised he doesn't have like a side thing with like yeah. some Australian musicians that he can yeah. just tour the country with. Mm. Like Violent Femmes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because what's the deal with them? Wasn't like the bassist, didn't he move to Tasmania yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. He's Amer- they're American. Yeah. He oh, he was in a Midnight Oil side project. <laughs> uh, I think oh, I think he was, or maybe someone else was, which was like, I think they were called The Break, and they only played surf rock. Cool. I, I saw them once at like East Brunswick Social Club or something. And I'm like, <laughs> they only play surf rock. That's good. <laughs> but they only Sick. play surf rock. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, does that look like anyone that was in the video? Maybe. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah. That's, that's what I wanted my, to say. Yeah. My only slight gripe is with the mix, because I feel like all these all-star rock covers kind of have the same synthetic mix. Yeah. Probably because they're, like, uh, DIing, as in, like, directly plugging the guitars into an interface or something. So yeah. it sounds very clean and like synthetic and they've put the you know correct amount of compression on it but i want to hear it sound more organic and less like they're in four rooms you know yeah but yeah. you want to hear it live not just well, if they can't do it live no as design no but yeah but yeah i guess that's the thing is like this is a real product of our times yeah, in yeah. terms of the like this is different to like those multi-window sort of recordings in that like this is out of necessity yeah it is, re- like, it's just a real product of, like, we can't be together, but we're still jamming out. And also, here's some social commentary. So it's very yeah. 2021 yeah. era. Um, but yeah, it works. Yeah. Like, this is different to, like, the Goldfinger and that, because there's the message behind it, as opposed to yeah. Superman. Again. Well, they're just doing their own songs. Yeah, and that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's, like, I can't fault them for that, obviously. Yeah. But this works as a cover because there's a purpose to it. Yeah. Beyond just, hey, we're in four different houses right now mm. yeah yeah but are we keeping you awake richard i'm just yawning because i yawn sometimes Brutal pageant of those who bleed behind lines of 
news. Caught the punch, dropped the seat, got hot. Now it's time to put the missiles on cruise. Lights out, Corinna Radio. Turn that shit up. 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 Regardless, without a master, I need shots. I'll be the fuel to fuse Next is DJ Quick. He's a legendary West Coast hip hop producer. Uh, worked with like Corrupt and Snoop Dogg and etc. etc. Uh, so yeah, he remixed Gorilla Radio. I think for a like a single B side probably in 1999 with nice. like actually some different verses from Zach. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah, drums have a sort of straight ahead feel while still being, I guess, kind of wet West Coast and a little bit laid back. Mm. Yeah. This one I really liked, actually. Mm. I would love to, like, DJ this one. Yeah? yeah? Nice. We need a DJ for our wedding. Yes. We need a wedding still. <laughs> we were locked in at one point. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, what do you think of this one, Sam? Yeah, like, it's it's fine. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't quite... Like, I can't, like, decom... Deconstructed as much as you can, um, so I was just sort of hearing, yeah, I was hearing drums a lot mm. in, in this, and it was like, and it took me a little while, like, oh, that's uh, those are different verses, um, but yeah, no, I, I still like it. It's definitely has that late nineties hip hop yeah. feel to it. He yeah. does chop it up a bit, but like not too much, I guess. Like, yeah. It's still pretty recognizable, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I think, yeah, the reason I sounded so surprised to hear about the new verses is I excused myself to use the facilities before while this was playing. <laughs> but, yeah, I think if I had more of a background to DJ Quick like you do, Richard, I'd probably mm. get more out of it. But even just on the surface, to me, again, it's a product of its time. Like, yeah. mm. this is very 90s hip-hop remix kind of treatment, and I like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's not like the first version I would go to but there are no. contexts where I would play this one over the original so. yeah exactly yeah. we have one more we do yes. we're at the end um, <laughs> I, this will probably be the last time I do this many covers yeah. I liked it I had a good time <laughs> so did I no shelter if you're looking for shade I lick shots at the brutal charade as the pulse flows like a casket or truth devoured silent play in the shadow of power a spectacle This one is a mashup by the legend William Moranchi. Yes. Uh, also known as Dump Hop sometimes on Bandcamp. That's right, yeah. Uh, it's a mashup of the vocals of Gorilla Radio with the instrumental of Gimme More by Britney Spears. All this I can just s- works. Yeah. 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 All I can say is turn that shit up. <laughs> I thought you were going to say all I was going to say is Gimme More. Well, both. both. Why not? Yeah. It's just like. 
The only thing is, like, it sounds flat, but I think that's just by virtue just of it mix, being... Just mix, I guess. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. the mix. Like, if I heard this in a club, I would absolutely, like, lose my mind. Like, there's just something about it... It works, like... They are in the same key. Yeah. And vaguely the same tempo. And Gimme More as a track does have a bit of, like, kind of sarcasm and irony to yes, it. Yes, yeah. It's a pretty angry song, in that's a way. That's exactly so. it. Like... Yeah. This doesn't sound false or, like, surface level to me. Like, it works... Even just within, like, the Free Britney movement, like... Yeah. It just... There's enough context there that the two can play off each other. Yeah. And hold a similar level of, like, political weight, I guess. Funnily enough, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, it sounds really dumb to sort of try and make that connection, but it works. There's, like, plenty of house music that is political. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I fucking love this one. Definitely. Yeah. So... Time to turn the lights out. And give it a hell yeah or yeah nah. I'm going to say hell yeah all round. I loved uh, Before My Life Ends. That was a before my... Life fails. Shit. Sorry. Before My Life Fails. Sorry, guys. Loved that cover. Loved the original. Loved the vast majority of covers that we did all round. 10 out of 10 would go through this list again. Cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. General hell yeah. General yeah. hell yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All hell yeah can't stop us now. Alright, so next week uh, we are holding out for a hero with Bonnie Tyler and Emery for Punk Goes 80s. Mm-hmm. Richard, anything final you want to say? Um, anything you want to plug? Anything any you hot takes? Plug, any hot takes? Yeah, holding out for a hero written by Jim Steinman of Meatloaf fame. Fun song. I don't remember how it was used in Shrek. Co-written by one of the... It was also co-written by the writer of Footloose. Huh. Interesting. Yes. I do not. Yes. Uh, I, I learnt that while researching. True. It also has very funny drum fills. Like yeah. the... Um, what will I plug? I don't know. I have a few articles out. Google Richard S.C. You know, just take your pick. I tend to <laughs> like and or retweet stuff. So, yeah, jump on the Punko's Pod Twitter account. There'll be some sort of breadcrumbs that will lead you to the world of Richard S. He. Hey, now. But, yeah, in the meantime, hit us up at Punko's Pod on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram, because I really should just start using that. Um, Punko'spod at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. Invite um, yourself onto the show if you want. Honestly, yes. we are always looking for guests. We love meeting new people. And yeah, until next time, turn that shit up.